It's time for Conversations with MIT Medical, care for the community. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Welcome to Conversations with MIT Medical. I'm Melanie Cole and I invite you to listen in as we talk about LGBTQ-centered care at MIT Medical and some common concerns of the LGBTQ-identified students, including specific challenges that they may face as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining me is Dr. Jenny O'Brien. She's a staff psychologist at MIT Medical's Student Mental Health and Counseling Services. Dr. O'Brien, it's a pleasure to have you join us today, and what a great topic. I'd like you to start by telling us, what does LGBTQ-centered care at MIT Medical mean? What type of care does that involve? Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Melanie. That's a great question. We offer a, a really great range of services for students in the MIT medical community. And I would also like to say that we were actually recently awarded a top performer status by the Human Rights Campaign's Healthcare Quality Index, which is a benchmarking tool for healthcare settings compliance with a set of standards for LGBTQ plus equality for employees and patients. So we're really proud of that uh, status and the services that we do offer to our students here. A few different things. So through primary care, students can seek out hormone therapy and can meet with providers who specialize in transgender health and can receive assessment, administration, and monitoring of hormone therapy that is fully covered by MIT student health insurance. And students can also get referrals for surgical procedures, as well as STI testing and treatment and PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV. So that's more on the medical side, some of the things that we offer. In terms of mental health support, which is my area, our student mental health and counseling service offers individual and group psychotherapy for students with a really amazing team of clinicians who are affirmative and sensitive to uh, a range of presenting concerns of the LGBTQ identified students that we see. And typically we run a gender support group throughout the year. That's something that I co-facilitate with a colleague. Currently we are on pause to the pandemic, but otherwise our services are being offered remotely through telehealth, which is really great that we're able to continue supporting our students. And then lastly, uh, students who are seeking out any kind of gender affirmative medical procedures can get mental health letters of support through meeting with one of our student mental health and counseling staff members. And then just to put in a plug, we have a really great website that has a really good overview and a good FAQ on LGBTQ and transgender health, and that's at medical.mit.edu. Thank you so much, Dr. O'Brien, for that answer. So tell us a little bit about some of the common concerns. You've mentioned a few of them, both medical and mental health, where that's concerned. What do you see as LGBTQ-identified students at MIT specifically, some of the challenges that they go through for mental health? Because right now is a tough time for everybody, but specifically this community and specifically the pressure at MIT. Tell us a little how this all goes together. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in addition to typical concerns we might see at the MIT student population, things like anxiety, depression, adjustment issues, academic concerns, relationships. We know that LGBTQ students can sometimes experience those things at a heightened level just because of their status as sexual and gender minorities. And so, like I said, in addition to those things, a lot of those students might come in 
with issues where they're trying to figure out their sexuality or gender identity. And a lot of that is often due to the particular developmental period that these students are going through right now, where they're learning more about their identity as they're in many cases away from home for the first time. And in a lot of cases as well, being in a community that is very supportive of them and affirming. So a lot of our students feel free to, once they're at MIT, start exploring some of those things for themselves in ways that they haven't been able to before. And so sometimes that entails coming out to family and friends, coming out professionally and academically. I talk with a lot of students about those issues, managing gender dysphoria for students who are trans or non-binary, support around gender affirmative medications or different surgeries. A lot of our students do seek out those options while they're at MIT. Coping with unsupportive and non-affirming family, I and mean, that's been something that a lot of students who are forced to live at home during this time have been dealing with more than usual. And then finally, just finding community with other queer students at MIT and, and also in other parts of their lives. It's such an interesting practice that you're in. Dr. O'Brien, what's one important thing about creating an LGBTQ-friendly practice that you might like patients to know, other providers to know? What's important to note? It's important not to make any assumptions really about, I would say, anybody that you're working with in a healthcare setting, regardless of how somebody is presenting in terms of gender markers. And this is especially true for younger populations right now, where more and more young people now more than ever are identifying as queer in some way, whether it's with regard to gender or sexuality, you know, really being, not making any assumptions in, in terms of that, whether it's using gender pronouns or their name, asking, rather than assuming based on appearance, I think is a really important consideration and letting students self-identify where possible, you know, so whether they come in and there's a name on the medical record instead of going by that name, there might be a name that they prefer to use that due to different reasons might not be listed on their medical records. So where possible asking instead of assuming. Dr. O'Brien, what are some specific challenges these students face as a result of the pandemic? I mean, we're all going through stuff, but specifically this community. And what advice can you offer for managing these challenges effectively right now? Sure. Thank you for asking that. And and I do just want to say, as you mentioned, we know COVID-19 has disproportionately impacted a lot of different groups, and that especially goes for ethnic minority groups and for LGBTQ plus populations, and then particularly for those with overlapping marginalized identities. And a lot of our MIT students do sort of fall into that category. So it, it's just important as a provider to be aware of that and for those of us with higher levels of privilege to just be aware of how people can be affected with multiple marginalized identities. But to get to your question, I think the number one sort of challenge that I've seen is loss of safe spaces. And what I mean by that are both physical spaces, certainly whether it be living communities, a lot of our MIT students self-select to live in communities that are available that are incredibly supportive and they can find other peers who identify similarly and see them for who they are. And that can be a really critical part of the experience at MIT for these students. But also just in terms of the space in general and just being in an environment where they are affirmed and seen for who they are, whether that mean 
people respecting their names and pronouns, things like that. There's really been a loss of that due to the pandemic, especially since a lot of students have had to relocate to living at home. It can be really problematic if they're living in an environment where they're not affirmed or supported. You know, this is a population that has greater risk of being isolated and experiencing a host of mental health issues as a result of being a minority status. So that's been a really big challenge. And I would say in addition to that, especially for students who are trans or non-binary or gender expansive, if they're, you know, getting hormones or medical treatments, or even for students who have had planned surgeries, things like that, like we're seeing a lot of postponements, cancellations of surgeries, and inability for some students to access medical treatment and ongoing medical treatment. So that's been a real challenge for sure. Dr. O'Brien, as we wrap up, please let listeners know what you'd like them to know about LGBTQ-specific medical care at MIT Medical and MIT Medical Student Mental Health and Counseling Services. Give us your best advice and tell us about your services and wrap it all up for us. Sure, yeah. I would just say connect with us. And I think that's one of the main things that can help with some of those challenges that I just mentioned, seeking out support in ways that you might not have had to before, being really proactive and seeking out a counselor through student mental health and counseling, whether there's medical care that you're needing. You know, we're doing telehealth and it's working pretty well and we're staying connected with our students. So so reach out to us and let us know how we can help you. And I do just want to say as well that I've really been impressed with the queer community at MIT, how resilient these students are and certainly queer people are no stranger to resilience and having to adapt and be creative to find ways to thrive. And I'm seeing that certainly in our students. And so I would just say, keep adapting and keep finding safe spaces for yourself, whatever that means. Thank you so much, Dr. O'Brien. What an important topic, a great episode, and so much usable information. Thank you again for joining us. And you can visit our website at medical.mit.edu slash services slash LGBTQ health for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. And that concludes this episode of Conversations with MIT Medical. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other MIT Medical podcasts. And please share this show with friends and family in the MIT community because that way we're learning from the experts together and we all could use a little bit of extra help right now. I'm Melanie Cole.